Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 17, Leading with the Tao In the highest antiquity, the people did not know there were their rulers. In the next age, they loved them and praised them. In the next, they feared them. In the next, they despised them. Thus it was that when faith in the Tao was deficient in the rulers, a want of faith in them ensued in the people. How irresolute did those earliest rulers appear, showing by their reticence the importance which they set upon their words. Their work was done and their undertakings were successful. While all the people said, we are as we are of ourselves. That's verse 17 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by James Legg. Next, let's break it down. This verse, verse 17, is the first in a series of three verses that deals with leadership. We're going to see in this episode, episode 18 and episode 19, that Lao Tzu gives us pretty much a treatise for enlightened or servant leadership. Okay, so with that in mind, let's go ahead and break this verse down. It's got two parts to it. So we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one talks about types of leaders. And part two talks about how to lead with a Tao. All right, so in the James Legg translation, which is, oh, by the way, not the only translation that you should look at in say in reading this verse. Uh, Lin Yutang has a great translation, and uh, Red Pine is another one that's great. 
I'm just using Jaden's leg mostly because it's uh, convenient to avoid some of the copyright issues. <laughs> Okay, so James Lake says in the highest antiquity, the people did not know that there were rulers. So Lao Tzu is saying that the folks that lead with the Tao, basically their their subjects or the people that they're leading are only basically aware that there's a leader there. There's nothing really else that that the people are aware of. And then he says, okay, in the next... Uh, so that's like the highest form of leadership is le- leading with a Tao so that folks don't even know you're there running from the background, the quiet professional, the servant leader, all that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. So the next type of leader is the one that receives love and praise for her leadership. The next one down on the scale is leadership that is basically provided with fear and the last type of leadership is basically when you're authoritarian and you nobody likes you, <laughs> basically. And you're okay with that. Okay, so that's the part one section. And then the second section of, or the second part of this verse that talks about how to lead with a Tao, um, basically saying that the leading with a Tao is the highest form of leadership. And we should all strive to do that. And how you do that is just not messing with people, basically. The indicator is that you know you've done it right when everybody thinks that they've kind of done the job themselves without a leader. And that's what Lao Tzu's kind of getting at here. So we'll discuss that in, in more depth um, during the rest of this episode. But so for now, the, the idea behind verse 17 is just to remember that there's two parts to it. Part one talks about different types of leaders and leadership. And then part two examines how to lead with a Tao. Okay, so let's put that back together. I'll read verse 17 again. In the highest antiquity, the people did not know that there were rulers. In the next stage, they loved them and praised them. In the next, they feared them. In the next, they despised them. Thus it was that when faith in the Tao was deficient in the rulers, a want of faith in them ensued in the people. How irresolute did those earliest rulers appear, showing by their reticence the importance which they set upon their words. Their work was done, and their undertakings were successful, while the people all said, We are as we are of ourselves. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering leading with the Tao. Number one, just like the first part of the verse is types of leaders, and two is practicing leadership improvement. Before we begin, I'd like you to consider the leaders that you have in your life. Perhaps you've got leaders at work, at school, or at home. They typically fill roles like your boss, your teachers, or your parents. Or in my case, my spouse. (laughs) Now let's think about you as a leader. You don't have to have people under you in order to be a leader. No, you're a leader in many different ways, sometimes in different roles. You're a friend who has been asked for advice from time to time. You've got relationships where you're looked up to continuously for the qualities you possess. You may have children or are thinking about having children. 
I think it's safe to say that we are all leaders of different scope and roles. So, as we talk about this verse today, I'd like you to consider yourself a leader. Ask yourself, how does this apply to me as a leader in my life? Types of leaders. Lao Tzu breaks down four different types of leaders here. He says the first one is one that no one knows is actually there. This is the person who leads with subtlety. The next type of leader is the one who is loved and revered. After that are leaders who are feared. They get things done because people are afraid to disobey them. And then the last type, the ones that everyone hates. And considering myself a leader, I'll be honest with you. Before reading this verse, I thought that being the leader who is loved and revered would be the leader that I'd like to emulate. Whether it's in my professional life or at home or in my social life, I want to be loved and respected. I thought that was actually the highest form of leadership. But this whole allow others to not know you're there thing kind of makes sense to me now. And why? Well, I think it's because of the whole idea of losing myself that is presented here in the Tao Te Ching. Lao Tzu is always calling us to abandon identity like in verse 7. He calls on us to right-size our ambition in verse 3. We're encouraged to allow perfection in verse 9, be useful in verse 11, and serve others by detaching in verse 13. Most of the verses in the Tao Te Ching have to do with the letting go of selfish things, so it's only appropriate that we are urged to lead unobtrusively in this verse. Easier said than done, however. <laughs> Let's spend a few moments looking at payoffs. Like, putting this in context, I'm all, yeah, I never want to be a despised leader. And yet, sometimes I'll find myself in that role. It seems to me that none of these leadership types are static. <laughs> There's never really just one of these types of leaders that I am. I kind of switch between types based on who I'm with, who I'm leading, and what their personalities are, and so on. So there's a reason why some folks are hated, which means that there is usually an incentive for the leader to act that way. My hunch is that I may find myself in any of these roles at any given time. So let's dig in. The leader who's not perceived. Lao Tzu is talking about an environment creator here. The thing is that I can lead by creating settings or conditions. You know, where people don't see me in the background. On one hand, being this way is great, because I see that I'm able to humbly provide things or conditions for others to thrive, and know that because of my actions, others are better off. That's really awesome. On the other hand, I'll ask, well, uh, where are my kudos? Like, when I do the dishes or sweep and mop the floor in my dwelling, I want my significant other to know, she's gotta know, man, that I did that. So, you know, I can get points. <laughs> But thinking about this for a moment through the eyes of Lao Tzu, aren't I wanting love and admiration for performing a task here? Yeah, you bet. So sometimes there's a disincentive to not take credit for anything. Well, that's not very Tao, I tell myself. Well, that's fair enough, I guess. At this point, I'm just observing things, right? Okay, that leads us to the second type of leadership, the one where I'm loved and respected. 
Now, if I dig a little here, I can definitively say that I'm really looking for that attaboy or good job from my, quote, underlings or those whom I'm leading. It's easy to see how this is an ego-feeding proposition, isn't it? I mean, I could say that I'm just looking to make sure that I've done my part or affected the desired impact in serving others, sure. That would be the refined, educated way to talk about it. But at the end of the day, I'm just looking for validation, which, no doubt about it, feels good. I spent so many years of my life looking for this kind of validation. So the second type, I think it's easy to identify the incentive to act here. It feels good. Why would we not want to do it? Why would we not want to be loved or praised or revered? I think mostly because it's a self-serving thing is therefore not aligned with the Tao. So in craving love and admiration as a leader, I'm actually leading in disharmony with the Tao. Now let's look at the leaders who are feared. It's super easy for me to sit here and say, that type of leader is someone who I never am and whom I never want to be. I can easily look down upon this type of leadership, can I? I mean, when I've had bosses I've feared, I know I've only done things for them because I was afraid of getting yelled at, called out, put on the spot, or being hit in the head with a hammer. Okay, metaphorically, right? Yet when they leave and I'm not afraid anymore, I go back to my normal behavior. This type of leader creates stress in the environment, unnecessary stress that ends up being counterproductive. So that's the easy part. Now let's look at why I would want to be this type of leader. Sometimes folks just don't listen. When I'm trying to do things for them for their own good, sometimes they need a little extra incentive to perform, don't they? Sometimes I need them to be afraid, just so they can be saved from themselves. I'll admit, I have used fear as a tool before. I think most of us have, simply because it is effective and is capable of producing immediate results. That might be the neutral case, but what about the self-serving case? When others act out of fear in a way that I have specified, I actually feel like I have influenced them directly with a threat of what I might do if they don't behave. (laughs) To be honest, ugly though it is, I enjoy the feeling of power that this brings. To know that I can command others to do my bidding seems like a really cool thing. There's a part of us that would really love people to just listen and do what they're told. I know that that part of me exists. The difference is between that part of me and the leader that Lao Tzu calls me to be is, once again, the degree of self that I've inserted into my leadership. The ugliness seems easier to spot than the love and respect thing, though, doesn't it? It is, admittedly, a little less covert. So the incentive for me to lead with fear is present and identifiable. The final type, where I'm despised, is a curious situation. I think most of us here are averse to being despised. And we don't always set out for things to become this way. So let's assume for a moment that we don't get a payoff for being despised. Let's assume that we wake up trying to do the right thing, and when we meet with resistance, we say, it's okay, I don't need to be popular, but this thing must be done. I mean, what would happen when the charges in my care do things that are bad for them while I'm responsible? Not on my watch, is how I might justify it. This whole being despised thing seems to be a simple case of disagreement between leaders and followers. 
So I feel like it's something that just naturally occurs when my wants and desires, even if they're in the right place, are in conflict with others around me. It happens, and I don't think any of us are immune to being despised leaders. But how can we avoid this? When I try to impose my will on others, justified or not, I am still imposing my will on others. Perhaps this means that I'm unwilling to compromise. Perhaps this means that I'm unwilling to allow others to be perfect, allowing them to be who they are. It seems to me that everyone is following their own path and knows what's best for them. If I can lead in accordance with a Tao, my job here is to provide that which others need in order so that they may grow in their own ways. But what if this thing really needs to get done? There's accountability for leaders too, isn't there? And what's the difference between helping others and being totally hands-off? Admittedly, it seems that this leadership role where I impose my will on others is a tough one to correct right away. I think the best thing to do is to observe and then consider how I might move back into harmony with the Tao. Not easy for sure, but at least I can consider it. That only takes a little introspection on my part, doesn't it? So that was the first case of being despised in a leadership role. But what about the other one? Let's assume for a moment that we actually do get a payout for being despised. What can this be other than pride in reverse? Well, here's what I mean. I have this part of me, the ego, let's call it, that seems to always need to be validated. If I'm doing things to to receive love and admiration, I'm trying to control outcomes. My ego is telling me that in order to get love, I must do certain things. And I look for more of those things to do in order to feel good again. That's my ego at work. But what if I can't get love and admiration? And what if my ego is still there? I mean, it doesn't care. Validation's validation. So in the second case, I may consistently do bad things to people so that they can retaliate and I can play the victim, allowing my ego to feel special and persecuted because it is misunderstood or whatever. In this way, I'm still taking action and inserting myself into whatever it is that I'm doing. If people react well, I have the case cinched. I'm a good person. If people react badly, I have the case cinched. I'm a misunderstood person. My ego wins either way. And that's the problem with this type of leadership. My ego wins either way. So putting this all together, I think the main takeaway is that Lao Tzu outlines the four types of leaders that I can choose to be at any given time. I would like to be the leader that is in the background every time. But I can also be patient with myself and understanding that I may find myself leading in each of these other three modes at at any point. Does this mean I'm out of harmony with the Tao? Probably. But then again, I'm usually out of harmony with the Tao. (laughs) I can, however, keep trying, always to do my best. What's more is if I can understand myself in each of these roles, perhaps I can have compassion for those leaders around me that seem to have fallen in status, so to speak. Perhaps I could despise less. Perhaps I could fear less. Perhaps I could heroize less. Perhaps as a follower, I can help the leaders around me be the types of leaders that Lao Tzu calls for in this verse. 
So if I've just identified the types of leader I can be at any given time, what do I do when I find myself in an undesirable leadership role? Do I immediately do a 180 in reverse course? Well, that doesn't seem practical or advisable. I think we can use this verse as a guide, allowing it to help us practice leadership improvement. And that's the subject of the next section. Practicing Leadership Improvement In the second part of this verse, Lao Tzu kind of shows us the progression from the highest state of leadership to the least desired. In many different translations, he says that when the ruler lacks faith, then so do the people. And then he says that when the ruler is reticent or in the background, the people think it's natural and supposed to have happened when something good occurs. Then they say that they themselves are responsible. We can look at this by categorizing leaders, or we can take a look at this in ourselves in real time. I think we have a choice, moment to moment, as to what type of leader we can be. Task by task, project by project, event by event. My sense is that when things are easy, the first degree of leadership comes naturally. Just letting things be and creating environments for people without taking credit. But when things get harder... I need to know that I'm doing it for a reason, and so I impose on my people for a little love to keep me going. That moment, when I give in to that impulse, is when I lose faith. Of course, then, the people sense this, and it's a gradual process. You know, it's a process of slow decay. But before it goes off the rails, I've got time to bring it back and seek harmony with the Tao again. If, however... I choose to continue, quote, paying myself with compliments from my charges. It becomes transactional and faith is lost. Then things become rote and people start going through the motions. And they'll not want to do something and I'll need to motivate them again. Only since the love doesn't exist anymore, I'll need to resort to a negative reinforcement, thereby creating fear in them. Once this happens for a while, folks will resent me because they'll see me as the root cause of the fear they're experiencing, which, of course, leads to being despised. (laughs) That's quite a downward spiral, and one that, to varying degrees, may occur from time to time. I have experienced all those levels. I think the best thing we can do is to always be trying, especially when it's difficult, to lead with a Tao. By, quote, doing nothing, we mean concentrating on creating the resources, environments, and tools folks need to do it themselves, all with quiet leadership in the background. Let's also consider part of the leader's job is to interact with outsiders who have a stake in the success of the organization, family, or whatever. If my time can be split between providing for my folks and providing for the stakeholders, I feel I'm able to lead with a doubt. So another thing comes up at this point. As a leader, how do I, quote, do nothing and still be a leader of the first degree? It seems like you're saying, don't provide any influence, no incentive to act property, all of that. Won't that lead to a lack of leadership? My thought is no. There's a fine line between doing nothing and leading in the first degree. And doing nothing, we are complacent and are not providing any kind of leadership for the folks that look to us, that does lead to disaster. What doesn't lead to disaster is the idea that I can indeed be leading from the background, 
To borrow a little from a mentor of mine, my job as a leader is to provide resources, training, and accountability. If I can concentrate on providing these things, I am indeed creating environments where my charges can thrive. I am working to ensure that everyone has what, they'll, what they need to accomplish their goals. By no means is it easy to do all the work and then allow folks to think they've done it themselves. What about the credit? I mean, don't I need that to build a career? Of course. The idea that I'm trying to convey for 2020 is that from moment to moment, we have choices on which type of leader we'll be. I feel we must always be trying, always striving to be the next highest level of leader that we can be. As a part of that striving, I must also always be observing the impact that I'm having on the people. I can do this by practicing mindfulness and awareness as much as I can. In the practical application section, we'll talk about some of the questions we can ask ourselves to stay aware of our impact. Suffice to say that as leaders, no matter what type, we all have an impact on more people than just ourselves. We have an impact on the folks we lead. We have an impact on our stakeholders. We also have an impact on the third degree connections, the people that our people interact with. That's influenced by how we choose to lead, isn't it? Like ripples in water, the impact we have as leaders goes far beyond our immediate awareness. I think that's a great reason to always be striving to lead with a Tao. So to wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering leading with a Tao, I thought about two things. One, I thought about types of leaders and leadership. Two, I thought about practicing leadership improvement. For the final piece in this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of leaning with a Tao in this verse today. There are two things we can do. Number one is we can practice awareness of our leadership styles. And number two, we can observe the impacts we have on the others that we lead. As we mentioned earlier in this episode, we're all leaders of each other, and each relationship we have with others is a sort of leadership role that we play. Let's consider the role we most often play for this next section. I'd like you to think about the person with whom you interact the most on a regular basis. Is it your significant other? Is it a coworker or a friend? Now let's consider our relationship with this person and ask ourselves which type of leader we are with them. Notice how, depending on the situation, our leadership type changes. Now, with that person in mind, let's go ahead and ask ourselves a few questions. Do we help them and support them from the background, never allowing them to know what we've done? Do we help them and support them, but let them know that we have helped them just so they know. Personal note here, I do this a lot with my significant other, especially with chores. It's definitely something that I can get better at. Do we try to make them do things for their own good by scaring them? Do we threaten a bad time when they don't listen to our advice? How could we give advice without telling of consequences? Could we just let them go on their journeys? Do we purposely manipulate certain situations that make them feel sorry for us? 
Do we hold them responsible for our, our emotional well-being? Do we tell them they've done a bad job for making us feel a certain way? Relationships are dynamic, aren't they? I find myself in all four of these categories from time to time. What's important is that I'm aware of that because by being aware, I can work toward the next higher level. Now let's have a look at observing the impact that we have on others as leaders. Let's think about that important relationship again. Can I think about how I might have affected them in the past with my leadership type? How might my actions have affected the people that he or she leads? If I have led from the background and empowered them to lead without them knowing it, have they been able to do the same for others? If I have done something out of love and they have indicated their appreciation, do they pay it forward? Or not? If I have used fear to motivate them and they take appropriate action, will they also use fear in other situations for other people? Will they resent me later? And since I might have been right, try to inflict that same style on others they lead? If I manipulate or elicit certain responses out of them, doesn't that make them feel icky if not consciously than unconsciously? And if they feel icky, despite them trying to not pass it on, doesn't it get passed on anyway? I'll admit that I am only now starting to become aware of the consequences of my leadership types. Between adulting, being responsible, and growing, it's not the first thing that comes to mind. But thanks to Lao Tzu, I am partially aware of this now. I'm going to keep trying my best to lead in harmony with the Tao. I'm certain that I'll continue to want credit for my good deeds, I'll use fear to motivate, and I'll manipulate, even if it's subtly, to get what I want. My hope is that the more I practice, the better I can get at leaving those things behind and grow more towards quietly working in the background for the benefit of others without their knowing. And that will wrap it up today. To consider the principle of leading with a Tao, I can do two things. Number one, I can practice awareness of my leadership style. And number two, I can observe the impact I have on the others that I lead. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 17, translated by James Legg. In the highest antiquity, the people did not know that there were rulers. In the next stage, they loved them and praised them. In the next, they feared them. In the next, they despised them. Thus it was that when faith in the Tao was deficient in the rulers, a want of faith in them ensued in the people. How irresolute did those earliest rulers appear, showing by their reticence the importance which they set upon their words. Their work was done, and their undertakings were successful, while all the people said, We are as we are of ourselves. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. 
This podcast is for the Dow Curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.